0: Welcome into the Prep Extra podcast. I'm Colton Stone alongside Chris Bassnett. As always, we are a full week of football, prep football into the into the books. Um, it was ex- an exciting first week. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get into what's happening this week if there's any games that you know jump out. But I think we you know take a step back, see what the first weekend look, first Friday looked like, first Thursday looked like. Um, now that everyone's in full swing, everyone's played at least once for the most part. We're Parkview we're still waiting on. We haven't seen Parkview. We've, we've talked about them a little bit. But um, I want to start with Lincoln Northwest. Uh, you were able to take in the game, first game. They were luckily able to host their yeah. first game. Um, what was the atmosphere like, first of all, before we even get into the, the actual playing of football? What was the experience like? Of a new high school in the in city that we haven't that hasn't happened in a
1: while. Yeah, it hasn't happened since uh, for 20, geez, almost 20 years, I think. Uh, North Star in 2013. It was it was interesting. You know, it, it eventually became football, but at the beginning it was not football. You know, um, you're talking about a brand new stadium, it got finished that day, <laughs> a few hours before the game. Right. Um, press box about half finished, you know, new uniforms, new, new everything. It was so. It was a good atmosphere i thought there's there's obviously some things that need to be worked out, you know it's first game jitters, first game kinks as far as logistics and things like that and even coach Brian Locke kind of kind of admitted to that too there there's a lot they have to kind of learn there's a lot they did learn, but yeah it was it was super cool like it was it was the first game we saw the first touchdown, we saw the first first down, you know all that sort of stuff, and that was something that the coaches were kind of joking about up in the box was. It, it, we're setting all the school records tonight, you know, because right. it's the first game. So it was, from that standpoint, it was pretty cool. And just to know the, um, the amount of work that went into it just to get that game at home, they were, they were ready to move that game to Ralston if they had to. And, the, and I think it was just a phone call away from happening if they couldn't get that stadium done in time. But they did. They were selling gear out front before the game. They had a great tailgate before the game. You know the the guys talked about Air Park showing up to to watch them, which is awesome. You know that's that's part of the reason you do something like that. So yeah, from an atmosphere standpoint, uh, it was great. It, it was super exciting and something I think that everybody almost kind of breathed a sigh of relief at the end of, to know that it, man, we we're finally here and we and we made it.
0: Yeah, I think you know moving forward to maybe what because this is a facility that won't just be used by Lincoln Northwest. I guess just from the the look of what it looks like now. I mean, is it easy to see kind of what the vision is going to be now that you've been able to, like I said, fully take in a game and take in what, what it will be like?
1: Yeah, I think in a, in a year or two when that thing's fully built out and it's, you know, the, all the landscaping and all that, all that detail stuff, once it's done, it's going to be a beautiful facility. It's in a great spot. It's right off I-80, um, just just west of town here. So it's going to be a lot easier for teams, you know, the Carnies and Grand Islands or whoever coming from the west, and even teams coming from Omaha. You know, they don't have to go down into town and go into Seacrest or, or, you know, go all the way down to Lincoln High or whatever it may be. So from that standpoint, it's going to be awesome. They're going to have everything. It's going to be similar to Seacrest in a way. You're going to have the football field. You're going to have a baseball field, softball diamonds, soccer fields part of the football field, of course. So from that standpoint, it's. It's gonna be an awesome facility. It just it just needs time and it needs work to to get to a point where it's it's fully functional and everything, you know, looks nice. You can go play a football game there, but it's still you can tell it needs work. But you know, like I say, a year from now, two years from now, it's gonna be an awesome, an awesome
0: addition for
1: for Lincoln High Schools.
0: Yeah, it it seems like having another multi use is is needed for yeah, LPS. Schools. Very much. So the, the
1: scheduling part of it's just Yeah.
0: And we see that already, games on
1: Thursday nights, doubleheaders on Fridays. This is going to help alleviate a lot of that.
0: Exactly. Moving into Class A, there was probably the biggest game would be the early game at Seacrest, Southeast and Elkhorn South. Kind of came right down to the wire. Southeast, we expected to be pretty good. Elkhorn South, of course, you've got, uh, on both sides, you have Husker recruits, Husker commits. What... What is the takeaway for Southeast from that game and how they can move forward? You know, they they fall in a close game to Elkhorn South, but really, it could have gone either way.
1: Yeah, two-score game, but not one where you looked at that and said, man, Elkhorn South just dominated that thing from beginning to end. I I thought it was a a pretty well-played game for a first game of the year. You know, and I think both teams kind of showed, obviously, what they had, what the known quantities were, but also... It, especially for Lincoln Southeast, kind of what the unknowns were. Uh, they got good quarterback play. They, they knew what they were going to get at the running back position from Max Budenbach. You know what you're going to get up front uh, with Gunnar Gatula. But I think they showed some pieces that, that were maybe a little bit surprising to some that, that aren't co- close to the program. I think, it, I think even in a loss, even at 0-1, Southeast is feeling pretty good because you played a, a really good Class A team, a team that's going to be in contention when it gets down to October, November, and you played pretty well. You gave yourself a chance to win in the second half and game one good opponent you probably take that and it doesn't matter if you're ranked in class a or you're not you know if you keep giving yourself chances to win unless you're nebraska <laughs> you're you're, you're going to win your share so i think lincoln southeast is really happy with how that game went even in a loss because i think there's a lot of positives they can take on take from it and kind of build on moving forward
0: yeah yeah it definitely you know it was a game that you can kind of throw the the stats out a little bit and it just you know, taking it in, it, it, Southeast should be in an okay position. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's anything for them to necessarily – I mean, there's obviously takeaways from it. It's the first game of the, of the season, and there's a lot of a learning curve still. But they do have the known – like you said, the known pieces there that if they work out the way they should, then the trajectory
1: should be okay. I think a lot of us thought they'd be the best team in the city, and they didn't do anything. That Friday,
0: which is a pretty good place to start. Right. The other game you covered this week, Thursday, we had Lincoln East open against Carney High. I think what we mentioned in one of uh, maybe our preseason podcasts, maybe the, the other one, was uh, what is Lincoln East going to look like without Noah Walters? What are other teams going to do to limit Malachi Coleman? Those were the two big question marks. Uh, I think we kind of got an answer to both of them, which was they're going to put as much pressure on Coleman as they can, and they're going to hope that East has to work out the kinks of a quarterback and maybe jump on it, take an advantage early in the game, and maybe ride it out.
1: Yeah, I think, like you said, the, the big question mark was going to be a quarterback. Lincoln East played two guys. Um, Jeter Worthley got the, got the majority of the playing time in the second half. He was the guy that was in there on the last couple drives to try and take him down and tie the game. But you're right. I mean, it was it was every offensive play Malachi Coleman was getting double teamed, sometimes triple teamed. You know? And they just said, look, we're going to take him out of the game and we're going to make all these other guys beat us. And for the first game, at least, Lincoln East couldn't do it. Now, that doesn't mean they won't be able to do it. They had, they had a couple moments. They need a couple other receivers to kind of just step up and take the pressure off Malachi. Um, and Malachi is going to obviously draw a lot of attention. Like we said, he's getting doubled every play. Well, that means all these other receivers are singled up in man coverage. Can they get open? First, can they get open? Second, can whoever is playing quarterback get them the ball consistently? And it, it came in stretches. It just didn't happen often enough. You know, there were some, there were some bad penalties for, for Lincoln East, just drive killing, you know, and John Gingry mentioned that. They get four yards on first down and get a penalty, and now it's second 10, you know, something like that. And, and that stuff especially in the first game, especially when you're breaking in the pieces they're breaking in, that makes it really hard. You know Kearney is going to be really well-coached and not make a lot of mistakes. That's just what Brandon Cool coached teams do. And, and they, just kinda, they didn't do anything fancy. They only scored 14 points. Lincoln East defense played fine. It played well enough for him to win. It's going to be, can the offense kind of take a few steps forward, find some consistency at quarterback, find a couple of people to kind of take the pressure off Malachi so he doesn't. So he, so Lincoln East is able to kind of burn them when, when Malachi is getting double-teamed or triple-teamed.
0: Right, and it, and it seemed like Jeter-Wordley played well enough. I mean, it, it, the, the pieces seem to be there, or the, I don't know how you want to say it, but it seems like they have a, a plan that they, could, they can go with. It's a matter of, again, it is still the first week of the season. There, there are a lot of things to work out. It seems like if, if they can stick to one, figure out what's going to work, I think that'll be much easier for them to work into a game plan and, you know, like you said, the, the defense played really well. Yeah. So if they can get, just take one more step on offense or just figure out what they need to be consistent, I, th- I think they'll be just fine.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a lot of it's going to be eliminating mistakes,
0: um, like we said. And, and you do that, they have enough
1: weapons to, to get it done. And, and look, they played a really good team in, in week one, too. Right. Let's not forget about that. Let's give Carney some credit, too. That's a really good team that's going to be there at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, it, it, for for Lincoln East with the situation they're in, it's going to be can you find that consistency? Can you eliminate some of the mistakes now moving forward?
0: One more Class A to to hit on: we had Southwest versus Lincoln High. That was a, another close game. That was the late game at Seacrest. What what's I guess just the main takeaway from from that city city v city matchup? Yeah, just,
1: it was a matchup that. It kind of matched strength on strength, I thought, with with Lincoln Southwest receivers and and quarterback Colin Fritton and and Lincoln High's secondary with all that high-level talent in the secondary. And that's kind of how it played out. Both of those sides kind of made plays. Colin Fritton had the late touchdown uh, to win it. That game's become like a really spicy rivalry in the city. You know, There's a lot of trash talk on social media and things like that, so that part of it's pretty fun. But, again, I think it's two teams that that are going to be quality teams this year. I don't know how good they're going to be yet, but – they're going to be good enough to cause teams problems. And they just happened to play each other in week one. They played a really close game. Now, can you take away from that Southwest the things you did well? Multiply them. From Lincoln, for Lincoln High, you also did some good things. You maybe had one or two mistakes that really hurt you. Again, kind of like Lincoln East. So it's, it's a matter of can you progress from week one to week two? It's that old cliche. You make your most improvement week one to week two. I think that's where both those teams are at. But, yeah, I, I think both those teams showed that they've got talent to be a factor uh, you know, to, to break into the rankings, to, to give some, some of the quality teams in Class A a scare. And, and it was just a super fun game, I thought, to start the year.
0: Speaking of rivalries, we had maybe one of the bigger ones in the city. Week one, it seems kind of, uh, it was the first time i have ever played the first week. Yeah. Lincoln Christian, Lincoln Lutheran for the Spirit Sword. I'm almost a, a fan of playing a rivalry game either, you should either play it first. First or last. Or last, I agree. you know, yeah. because it just brings the most energy to it. Uh, I believe it was Kurt Earl, it may have been Greg Nelson. One of them called, called it intense, especially playing in, in the first week. Uh, but this is a rivalry that has somewhat gone back and forth, but they leave it on the field and afterwards it, you know, it's pretty tame, I would say. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no extracurriculars necessarily. Uh, but Lincoln Christian, 34-27 towards the final 13 points of the game. I was a little surprised that Christian ended up coming out with a win. We we talked about it a little bit, thinking Lutheran would maybe not go out and blow the doors off him necessarily. It is a rivalry game after all. But it seemed like the lean would have been to Lutheran. And and Christian's able to put something together and and win a pretty high-scoring game.
1: Yeah, I think you looked at you look at Lutheran's experience coming back, just the number of seniors you, they have. You look at what Lincoln Christian had coming back. Maybe just not quite the same level of experience, not the same level of success last season. You know, Lincoln Lutheran went to the quarterfinals last season, C2. And, and you probably lean Lutheran a little bit. I, I know I did. And again, that's why you play rivalry games, right? That's why it makes them fun. I think that's why it's so fun to play in the beginning of the year. Because both teams are as healthy as they're going to be. Both teams are as fresh as they're going to be. And, and a game like that at the beginning of the year, it gives a team like Lincoln Christian, I think, a better shot to win almost because they've got their full complemented guys, and they get it at home. They have a great home atmosphere, food trucks before the game, yeah. all kinds of fun stuff. So, yeah, again, just a, another super fun game week. When there's a whole pile of them week one, but that one is, is up there for me as far as maybe the biggest surprises, even though it is C1 and C2. I think a lot of us, like you said, leaned Luther in that game, but Christian played really, really well and, and maybe surprised a few people.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's the, the takeaway from it is I think what Christian did for themselves is, is not only, you know, show that they can hang with a team from a different class, obviously, but that they can, or a ranked team, frankly, yeah. uh, a, a team that we, again, expected to win, but I think it just gives you the confidence moving forward that, hey, if we can do it, against maybe the most intense, most energy-packed game, you know, if something's not as, you know, there's games you circle, games that jump out. There's games that kids are are, are more ready to play. Um, But I think what it does is gives you confidence in those games that like, you know, you don't know how you feel going into it. Oh, maybe you're a little down. Maybe maybe this isn't in our favor. I, I think you, can look back at this and say, we did it against them, why can't we do it against these guys? Yeah,
1: it's it's the type of game that can set the tone for a whole season, um, assuming you stay healthy. And I think that's what Christian has to take out of that. Um, is that like you said, we just beat our biggest rival opening night when not a lot of people thought we could do it. Flip side, if you're Lutheran, you got to say, well, okay, lost our rival, we can't let that affect the whole season. You right. know, it's it's right. it goes both ways. So there's still a lot to play for for Lutheran. Christian all of a sudden looks like they have a, a team that, that can be playing for a lot too. And that's what kind of makes... That is what makes high school sports so fun is, is stuff like that. So, yeah, just a really, really interesting game and a game that, that could maybe have some implications, you know, five, six, seven weeks down the road.
0: Now, this, I, I would probably circle this as my biggest surprise mm-hmm. of the week. This is, it's a little out there, but it's not city, but we had a 95 to 44 game. Um, and these have, let's
1: keep in mind, these five to four games happen. They happen. They don't
0: happen to this team. Yeah, they don't happen to Fall, fall City Sacred Heart, excuse me. And Elmond Murdoch at, at the hands of of winning a 95 to 44 game. I, I don't know. I, I guess the takeaway from a loss like that is you just throw it completely out. You just not forget about it, but okay, they were the better team that night. It's, it's a wash for us now. But. I was, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know really what to say about it. I was just completely shocked because you see that score a lot. You see it a lot in six-man where it's like, okay, this team just has more guys, more talent, whatever it may be. But it, it doesn't happen to the Irish. You're talking about
1: a perennial power in eight-man, and it doesn't matter if they're D2, D1, whatever. They're, they can play with just about anybody. And I think back, you mentioned you can't let it affect the whole season. I think back to last year. Uh, the Irish lost that first game. I think they gave up 59 in that first game. Then they won seven in a row. So you don't look at that and go, man, oh boy, I don't know about the Irish. They're going to be fine. And Doug Colt's coach teams are always going to be fine. You, you don't worry about that. But if you look at that from Elwood Murdoch's perspective, you go, oh, okay. Like, And we all kind of knew, I think, they're going to be a pretty good team. I don't know if we thought they'd be that good. And, and maybe it was a one-time blip on the radar. And maybe they come back down to earth a little bit. You know, I talked to a couple of the guys down at Elmwood Murdoch today and, and they talked about, yeah, we thought we would win, you know, but we thought it might be a one score game in the fourth quarter, you know, something right. like that. And they scored forty two points in the second quarter and, and just kept going after that. So that I think what that does kind of elevates Elmwood Murdoch to all of a sudden, you're talking about state title contender in a in a class with some really, really good teams. And so it's just it was so fascinating to see that score because of, A, who the opponent was, who who did the scoring. Kate Hozier rushed for 317 yards for Elwood <laughs> Murdoch. They've got a star at running back. They've got a bunch of seniors that have played a bunch of football for him. And so, yeah, it's it's just hard to almost kind of wrap your mind around that. And, again, you see those scores. You don't see those scores against teams like Fall City Sacred Heart. So it's going to be fascinating on a couple fronts to see, A, how does Fall City Sacred Heart now kind of move forward from that Again, they're probably going to be fine. They have one of the right. best coaches in state history coaching them. How does Elwood Murdoch move forward now? You just scored 95 on a great program, and now you've got to get ready and get geared up again this week for another team that's going to be gunning for you in Freeman. So just a, it's a fascinating result and one that you know we, we might get to the year and look, end of the year and look back and say, man, we, we found out something about that team week one if Elwood Murdoch keeps us going.
0: Right. And then it, those are two classes, D1, D2, that we've, we talked about early on in the season that. It's kind of anybody's ball game, and I think, like you said, with Elmond Murak, that that just launches you into. It's very similar to the, the the Christian factor of it. Just launches you into if we can do it against. Well, maybe not ninety five every week, yeah, but yeah. if we can do that against Sacred Heart, maybe we can just kind of build right off of that and just keep rolling right through. Um, but we'll we'll see. Again, first week, you never know. Maybe there's something. Something else that you, n- you never know, That's right? You never know. So moving, moving on this week, uh, not, not as many that jump out at us, but what are a couple games, you know, Thursday or Friday, maybe a couple city v. city games that uh, jump out to you and, and that you're going to keep your eyes on?
1: Yeah, I think one of the interesting ones Friday, uh, Lincoln East against Lincoln Southeast, two teams we just talked about. You know, how does Lincoln East kind of take a step forward? How does Southeast kind of build on some of the positives they took even even in a loss you know malachi coleman's a little dinged up right now he's got a little bit of a knee injury suffered late against carney is he going to play that that changes the dynamic pretty quickly you know obviously best player in the state so i think that's one to keep an eye on you know thursday night northeast and north star square off north star nice win last week northeast blew a big lead last week and lost again how do those teams kind of take that next step into week two i think that's an interesting game they just kinda of start looking around a little bit. I think Pius has another tough one. They go to Seward this week, number six in the state, after he just played, you know, number two in the state in right. Scott's bluff. So that's another tough game for the Thunderbolts in class B. And we knew their schedule was gonna be hard. It's proven that way so far. So how do they kinda of, they kinda of take a step forward in that? waverly Beatrice, I think, is a real interesting game. Waverly lost a tough one to Elkhorn last week. Beatrice had a tough time with Omaha Gross, who looks like they're pretty good. I think that's an interesting game. Ashton Greenwood-Wahoo, always a good rivalry matchup. Malcolm, number seven this week, beat UTAN, the previous number seven. They go to Raymond Central, who's one know. So I think that's a kind of an interesting game to watch. So yeah, maybe you look at this schedule and you go, okay, there's maybe not the, the wow matchups, at least locally, at least in our right. coverage area, that there were last week. But there's still some intriguing games. Uh, the best game in the state is is Norfolk Catholic at That's number one versus number two on C2. Prior two C2 title favorites meeting in week two uh, out in the out at the home of the Chanticleers. So that's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on. But yeah, look, that's it's week two, so it's you, a lot of teams still establishing themselves. You know, trying to kind of find that identity, figure out who they are, and you just you learn a little more about yourselves each week. And I think what you have this week is a lot of games where. You know, Lincoln Northeast is going to learn a little more. Southeast is going to learn a little more. North Star Northeast are going to learn a little more. So it's, it's just another game for these teams to kind of take a step forward and see where they're at.
0: And, you know, we had your recent ratings come out as well. Was there anything when you were maybe just kind of going through, I know we talked about surprises, is there anything that you, you look at from, you know, maybe your preseason or first week ratings to now that says, okay, this, all of this is kind of checked out, this, this is, I, I know, you know you've got your number ones we're kind of not set on because yeah. the, a, a lot of these classes are wide open, but is so far through one week again, as, are there any teams that you're like, okay, this is exactly kind of
1: what we expected? I think a lot of the number ones. You know, Bennington was maybe the biggest yeah, number Bennington one surprise just smashing Omaha scud. I didn't know how they'd be able to kind of move on past last year when they were so good and had Dylan Mostek at running back. They won 44-13 over the number three team in the state. Yeah, I, you know? think, I think they found a, a perfectly <laughs> fine replacement for Dylan Hustick. Yeah. But, you know, otherwise, you look at Aurora, dominated. We expected that. West Side beat a good and Prep team in Class A. Kind of expected that. Norfolk Catholic, like we said, took care of business. St. Pat's in D1 took care of business again. All the number ones, Howell's Dodge in D2 smoked. Neely Oakdale was, which was a ranked D1 team. Beat them 50-12. to 12. So there you go, D2. Good, good yeah. deal with that. But... <laughs> yeah I, I think it's a deal where the number ones kind of are who we thought they were, um, so to speak, and the the big changes kind of like they always do kind of come in that bottom half of the rankings as teams kind of shuffle and, and we kind of figure out who has what and those sorts of things so yeah, that was maybe another takeaway was that the number ones kind of did what they should have done last week and and kind of kind of held the fort down
0: yeah yeah I, I think you know we've learned enough through one week that you can start you know, not you don't want to look too far ahead, but you can now, I think, look at matchups and say, okay, this is what they did last week. This is who performed well. This is who we expected to perform well. Or like we said, some of the surprises too, it's just going to make those ranked matchups much more important throughout the year because now you have more to go off of. And now we've seen what what to expect from certain teams. Again, uh, maybe not 95 points every week, but, you know, I'm interested to see Bennington, Aurora, um, and see if they can just sit there and, and dominate B and C1. I, I We said Bennington is your B favorite until they, they prove otherwise, yeah. essentially. And I, I think so far, if they can do that or something close to that every week, I, I don't know if I see another team in B really. Competing at the same level. Yeah, again, it's it's week
1: two, so who knows what's going right. to look like. Yeah, and that's again why you play the games. Maybe somebody gets Bennington this week. I don't know, but you know, it's it's a lot of fun. That's that's why we do this every week. And uh, it's, it's
0: great to be back talking about football. I know it, it's man. great
1: to watch it, even just. Even it's great just, for you guys to be able to see right. our
0: faces. I know that's a real enjoyable thing. Yeah. For you, so. Yeah, we. Uh, you know, I think Chris and I might end up having the same haircut at some point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know? we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> but. but until next week, I'm Colton Stone alongside Chris Bastnez. It's been the Prep Extra podcast. We will talk to you guys next week.